AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Relationships, good relationships, bad relationships, healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships. So many freaking podcasts about relationships. And guess what? I'm going to talk about relationships on mine today. I'm thrilled. So um, it is what it is. Relationships are going to be here forever. As long as there are humans on the planet, we will be in some type of relationship with each other. So stay tuned. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Checking In. I tell you guys all the time, I cannot do what I do. First of all, without my incredible team at Black Effect and Releve, Angela, Samantha, Nicole, honey, and all of y'all, thank you so much. And as I'm talking, a bird just hit my window. God bless him. Um, I can't do what I do. And each week just gets so exciting from an array of topics that we get the chance to talk about. And so I'm really pumped up about today's episode. As a licensed therapist, she has been featured on the Oprah Winfrey Network, Essence, CBS, and Forbes. Please welcome the award-winning speaker, media personality, and best-selling author, that's right, Keandra Jackson. 
Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. Girl, come on in. Come on in. Now, listen, you love talking about relationships. I love talking about relationships. Therefore, we love talking about relationships. And there are many relationship podcasts or there are many relationship topics that are going on right now. Who's supposed to pay for what? Should it be 50-50? Would you date the bus driver? Narcissistic people in relationships and so on and so forth. What do you think? What do we not talk enough about as it relates to relationships? Michelle, there's so much that has been going around in these social media streets that have been annoying me, first of all, but also it's just coming from the wrong and a different perspective. I have worked with so many different couples and been in the relationship space for almost a decade now, and I see so many people talking about toxic relationships and trauma and all of the negative things and narcissism and this and that. And those are all great conversations. I am completely here for all of the podcasts, all of the relationship coaches, all of the people talking about it. But what I have yet to see us talk about in depth is what a relationship that is healthy entails. We know all the negative stuff, okay? We know all the bad stuff. We know all of the ups, downs, and all of that. But what does it entail to have a healthy relationship? And I recently did a reel about this on my IG and it got some good, great responses. So I knew that this was a topic that people were yearning for and just wanting more of. And so I'm here to talk about that. Come on, somebody. We're going to get into it. But I know I jumped right in because I was like, man, I love talking about relationships. But a part of me, I love talking about what are people saying? What makes a relationship work, especially if you're fighting for a relationship where both, when I say fighting for, when both people, they're doing the work, they know they want to be together and things are lining up. I'm not talking about two unequally young people. I'm talking about people that have been on the healing journey. They want it to work. What does it look like? Because people say relationships should not be work, but I'm sorry. It's work for me. All right. Meaning the reason why I say it's work for me, when you've gone all these years by yourself, it's probably going to take a couple years to unlearn how selfish I have become being on my own and by myself all these years. So we're going to get into that. But I wanted to give Keandra a chance to be like, girl, where are you from? What's your mama name? What, where are your people from? As we say. You are so funny. You are so funny. I mean, are you are you saying that you want to know a little bit more personally about me? I know you're a licensed therapist and you are an expert in all things relationship. You've been with Forbes, Essence, CNN, award-winning, best-selling author. Who is Keandra when you take away all of that? Ooh, Which is great, by the way. You're getting spicy with me today, Michelle. You're getting <laughs> spicy. I love this because I don't always get a chance to take off the professional hat and just be my mm. authentic self. And so your girl is from Compton, California, born and raised <laughs> CPT. <laughs> and so I came from a broken home. My parents divorced when I was about 10 years old. Um, just so much domestic violence, emotional abuse going on in my home. And so I kind of just went on this crazy professional and personal mission to help people have healthy relationships to the best as possible. I knew that it wasn't healthy for me to just see people married, divorce, married, divorce, which is the theme that I have seen in my family indefinitely. And so I just knew that that wasn't supposed to be that way. And if I can help people bridge the gap, have healthy relationships, keep people together, have healthy family units, that it will be a game changer. So I love the fact that I can merge being a black woman, being from Compton, California, and also being a licensed therapist and just kind of bridge those gaps. And it really just helps us to have great conversations around black mental health, healthy back black families, healthy black love that we don't always have. So your girl's from Compton. She's currently single. Um, just in case my husband's listening, you know, he might want to come get me. 
That's right. Go get her. She's out there. She is out there. She is waiting for you. She's ready. All right. She knows what it takes to have a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Go get your girl. She's glowing, by the way. She's absolutely beautiful, which means her glow on the outside, I think, is indicative of the work that she's done on the inside, you know, from what I can see. Now, because you grew up in a home and both parents divorced, you easily could be the expert on I helping me identify red flags in a relationship. But you want to say, no, let's identify what can keep a family together. Absolutely. I could be the poster board for divorce, for unhealthy relationships. And I do talk about red flags and things that people should be aware of. That's a part of, you know, this relationship space for me. But I also have seen that people just don't know what healthy relationships entail. They don't know how to navigate them. They don't know how to let them go. They don't know. They just do not know. And I think it's because we aren't taught how to have healthy relationships. We just kind of fall into a relationship and we try to figure it out in the midst of it. And no one gives us those tools early on. I've been saying this for years that I do believe that relationship skills should be a life skills class that we teach our kids in elementary because we grow up and we just don't understand what this entails. So healthy relationship Mm. is, is the name of the game over here. So two things that come to my attention when I was growing up to see my parents handle conflict. It's like, okay, not necessarily the best or healthy. Then you will, it's a possibility you can do what you saw because you're thinking, well, if mama and daddy are going off on each other like this, but they can still get up and go to church in the morning, this is what it's going to be, or this is what it should be because they didn't break up. But for me personally, when I got into a a relationship, a relationship with someone who didn't have that kind of family dynamic, it helped me see like, Oh, what I witnessed wasn't normal. It was actually dysfunctional. But because parents stayed together, they made it work. We just feel like seeing a parent, a parental unit, not know how to handle conflict, that this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. And that's completely inaccurate. Just because two people decide to stay together, that doesn't mean that's the healthiest choice for their relationship and or for the children who are watching. And so I tell people all the time, and most people don't like this, but it's it's healthier sometimes to leave than it is to stay. And people want to hold on to it and say, oh, I'm going to thug it out till my kids get 18, baby. And then I'll let the relationship go. No, no, no. You probably need to do it now because you're teaching your children how to have ineffective and unhealthy relationships. So when they do get into college and they do start dating, they're going to model what you have shown them. And if you're showing them toxic, if you're showing them not being able to communicate effectively and discord, it, that's exactly what they're going to pick up and exhibit in their relationship. So modeling, so modeling and being that example is so important and we have to do more of that. Well, what about the person that says I'm faithful because of the vows I made? I know this is not healthy. I know this is toxic, but we've got to stay together for our children. So listen, (laughs) I know we people of faith over here. I completely understand your vows and sticking to those because you did say them in front of God, in front of your family and friends. And I'm here for that. But I firmly do not believe that God wants us to stay in relationships that are going to be detrimental to us, that are going to pull us away from our assignment, that's going to pull us away from our God-given destiny. And if we choose to stay in that, there is going to be a consequence. Delayed obedience still has consequences. It's still. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Absolutely. That's just what Mm -hmm. it is. And it still has consequences. We don't always see the immediate effects of those consequences. But if you do have children... (laughs) Or if you do have some type of legacy that you're leading, you are going to see that this isn't going to be the best option for you. So understanding that if you choose to stay in a relationship that you're probably wasn't supposed to be in in the first place, because there are some people who just was not supposed to get married to begin with. 
But they did it because they were lonely, because they wanted children, because they wanted stability, because society says you're getting older and you need to settle down. Those are not valid reasons to be in a relationship. I would rather be single for the rest of my life and be in my God-given assignment than to just be with anybody. Okay. Now, I like that. What about people that are saying, I don't want to be in a relationship because I just want to focus on myself? I get that. Because <laughs> that's that. a trend. I mean, it's trending. It's like your girl is going to be honest, too. I have had those thoughts. Like, I've gone this long. Life is good. Why do I want to bring in another? See, this is why you should get married young. Because when y'all going to be 44, you're used to. You know, every now and then you have company over, but that ain't living together. That ain't married, right? I can handle you coming over and you visiting for the weekend and then you going about your merry way. But that's just the thing about being selfish. Or could that be a make or break? So two questions. That could be a make or break or why a person decides not to get in a relationship because they enjoy their their alone time. But then there is this trend of I am going to focus on myself. I'm just concerned, is it focusing on yourself to get better or focusing on yourself just for selfish reasons? And is that a defense mechanism? I probably asked 10 questions in one question. No, those are all valid questions and great questions. I think studies have shown more recently that people are delaying getting married, having children and all of those things for various reasons. And I'm not here to knock anybody because people are in different spaces. They're in different seasons. Yeah. And I'm here for that. There's been seasons of my life personally where I've been like, it's grind time. I need to build out this empire. I need to focus on my business, get licensed, establish myself. And I'm not interested in dating right now. But currently... That has shifted and changed because your girl has built some things, right? And so now I'm longing for that companionship. I'm longing for the partnership. I'm longing to be married, essentially. And so I think it's just about discerning the seasons of what you're in and making sure that you pushing aside the desire to date or to get married isn't you running. Because there's a difference between I'm working on myself, I'm doing me, I'm building something. This isn't the season. Or is it me running because I'm scared? Is it me running because all of the men or the women that I've dealt with have treated me wrong and now I'm scared that it's going to happen again? There's going to be patterns repeated. So we just have to be aware of what the root cause is and why we're doing those things to begin with. But if you do desire marriage, you do desire partnership and companionship, you have to make sure that your words, your language, and your actions align with that. Too many people are saying, F these men, they raggedy, the dating pool got pee in it, I don't want this, you know, all of those ideologies, but they're still desiring it. Not only does the dating pool have pee in it, we called it brown sharks when I worked at a water theme park. Not brown sharks. (laughs) Not brown sharks, Michelle. I mean, it can have some brown sharks in it too. Like, let's be real. (laughs) But even if those things are true, you still have to be hopeful. You still have to speak positive and speak life over the thing that you desire. Because if you're speaking death to the thing that you desire, it's not going to work out for you. God is going to be like, well, why should I give you this if you are canceling it out with your words? So we have to be cautious about the things that we want, the things that we desire, and speaking life into it, even though the things that we just mentioned are still valid. Wow. So I'm going to assume getting to healthy relationships, that if you want the relationship to work and thrive, speak into it. Oh, big time. Words and actions, they have to align. If you want a relationship to work, one, you got to be with the person you're supposed to be with. That's exhibit A. We haven't really fully dived into that, but I personally believe, especially with the work that I've done and this, I haven't done any studies on this. It's just my Mm -hmm. own personal observation. I believe anywhere between 65 and 75% of couples are with people who they are not supposed to be with. That's pretty high.
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sixty-five to seventy-five percent of people are with people they are not supposed to. Absolutely, I firmly. Why? I firmly believe. Well, you named a few reasons. You named a few reasons. Like, listen, I just got married because I was thirty years old. It was time to get married. Or we got married and we got kids and we're popular in our church and it was the right thing to do. I just don't want to be lonely or child. 
He gives it to me hoodie like I have never known. All of those are valid reasons. Children, societal pressures, essentially, right? Because society tells us once you get past 30, 35, you washed up. You washed up. Mm-hmm. Nobody don't want you. So whatever you need to do, you need to do it before that time frame. And so people get in relationships just because they dated them when they were in high school or because they want financial security, because that person gave them attention in a time where they were lonely or frustrated because they may be good in bed. There's so many different reasons. And instead of us assessing and saying, okay, God, have you or should you allow me to date this person? Because we got to start there. Before I'm dating somebody and we get in a relationship, I'm talking to God. Is this the person I need to be dating? Because if God say no, it's over for me. I'm walking away. But I don't think people have those conversations enough. Well, let me tell you, I did something where I was dating someone. And they took me to one of my favorite Jamaican spots in New York. And I won't say nothing further. I don't want nobody digging. Give us the tea, honey. We need the tea. And we hadn't even sat down yet. They had just taken a drink order. So I ordered me like a Jamaican, some type of fruit drink. And I promise you, I felt like I heard God say, this ain't it, baby. This ain't the one. I'm like, God, we ain't even sat down to eat yet. What are you talking about? I stayed with this person for like four years and it was so many things happening that I normally would not put up with, but I put up with it anyway. And when I look back, I wasted four years with someone that God specifically said, I'll tell you, this is how he said it. This is not the one. So I can imagine those of us who have our ears tuned, we do hear God. The majority of us hear God. We just act like we don't and we do what we want to do because we think he just playing. And so I've gone through unnecessary heartache, unnecessary anxiety, thinking, well, I'm the only person unmarried within my circle. So let me, hopefully this one locks me down. and. Just certain things, even at the time, Keandra, that you fall in love with what's basic. Well, he pursued me. Well, he should. That part. Well, he took me to my favorite place. He should. (laughs) That don't mean they're the one because they do basic things. You know what I mean? So I didn't mean to hijack the conversation, but it is something as it relates to listening to that voice that says, maybe they're nice and sweet as pie. They're not for you. That's right. And I've had those personal experiences as well, where God has literally told me this person is not someone you're even supposed to be dating. We haven't even got to the relationship stage, right? God was like, this isn't someone you're supposed to be dating. And the interesting part about that for us who do tap in and hear God, you know, a lot of that, (laughs) we need to be obedient to what God is telling us to do. First of all, when we hear it the first time. But also, too, understanding that if someone isn't for you, they're either going to push you or pull you from where you're supposed to be. So just like your story, you know, you could have potentially been on a completely different path for those four years. Right. But you were with this person after hearing God say that this wasn't. And so if we have just if we can just tune into what he's telling us, I think we would just save ourselves so much heartache and so much pain and really just go for our purpose because at the end of the day you want somebody who's going to be fully aligned and you shouldn't have to question those things and also too before we even move on from this a lot of the times when God tells us no it doesn't even mean that the person is a bad person the person that I'm referring to he checked off all the boxes baby all of the boxes okay but God still said that he wasn't the one for me And so now I'm holding him up from the person he's truly supposed to be with. And I'm holding myself up from the person who I'm truly supposed to be with. So that doesn't necessarily mean the person is toxic or wrong or bad. It just means that we're not a fit for our destiny that God has for us planned. And that is so amazing because there are some people. So I know you said 60 to 75% of people are not supposed to be together. Well, there is a 25%. And in that 25%, I've seen at least one couple from my hometown that I'm like, 
wow, they really support, like, they're such a fit. They're building things within their marriage, within their business, and just seems like things flow. And I love how they're transparent. Like, now listen, there are times we wake up in the morning to be like, you sure we're supposed to be together? (laughs) And you're going to have that. Do I like you today? You know, apparently they say you're going to have that. And so I think before you get married, it gives you a chance to like not make that mistake versus you know, even in a more recent relationship, our therapist was telling us like, hey, these issues were going to come up even after y'all got married. So be grateful that the issues came up before marriage. Absolutely. Right. So, Keandra, would you agree that in our singleness, that could be time for us to fix the daddy issues or the mommy wounds or the abandonment issues? Certain abuse that still is unhealed where the smell of something can trigger you and your partner is like, wait a minute, I just fried some chicken. What's, (laughs) it's just fish grease. (laughs) And you're upset. Like, wouldn't you say in in our singleness, we should kind of be working on that stuff? Oh, 100%. In our singleness, this is the time to work on ourselves indefinitely. I always say in every area, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, all of those things, you need to work on it as much as possible. And I don't really subscribe to the idea of you being, there are people who are 100% healed and delivered, okay, of all of the things. There are some Mm -hmm. people out there, Mm -hmm. but most Mm -hmm. of us, Mm -hmm. myself included, you're still going to have a little bit of residue. You're still going to have some unhealed areas of you, even if you work on them. It's okay that you are triggered from time to time, but how you manage those, how you deal with it, what you do when those moments pop up is what really matters. So use your singleness, not just to get the bag, which you should do, but also to be as aware as possible. And I, because I'm a therapist, you are, and you are so here for therapy, you know, that is one of the biggest components is having a professional walk with you through that. I was like, oh, I'm so healed. I've been working on myself all these going on five years. Oh, I'm so healed. And then when you start dating, because you don't know if you're really healed. Because right now it's just me and the walls. Not the walls. <laughs> and my bed and my couch and the dog. Like, you don't know if you're really healed until you bring somebody else in for a longer period of time. And then you be like, so you'll know if you healed if your responses become different. Absolutely. Notice I said response and not reaction. Absolutely. So just even that, like, okay, in singleness, we can do all the healing work that we can do, but sometimes you won't know until you're like dating a person or in deep relationship. I was talking with someone, they've been married a couple years now, I think going on three years. And he was like, the first year, we was like, we don't know. The second year, woo, he said the third year, we still working on some stuff. And so he mentioned a few things in her, by the way. And I was like, man, it's like until you're like married or obviously in a deep relationship, things that you didn't think were issues. Keandra, why does it happen in relationships where it's like things mirror you or why is that? Woo! I firmly believe that God is still pruning and shifting us. And there's a lesson in that, that he wants us to learn. You can work through as many things as you work or can work through, but you are correct. When you get into that relationship, those daddy issues, those mommy issues, how you retreat in previous relationships will pop up. And if you are not on the space to like have some new skills, right? Because that's essentially what it is. You're learning new skill sets to be able to manage this trigger that's happening. If you're not able to do that, it's going to send you back a few steps. And so even for the people who are already in relationship or married, just like, you know, the people that you knew, that first one to two years is very hard because you're merging two different backgrounds. You're merging upbringing, parenting styles, money, sex. All You're managing all those. You're merging those two things. And it's very hard to merge two different lives when they have been very separate for a long time. So mm. it really has to be about people wanting to make it work. I'm very big on language and 
I don't like when people say that relationships are hard. I do believe that they're work, but I think we need to change the dialogue and the language and pull out that hard part. Because if you think something is hard, you're not going to put in the work to make it work. <laughs> you're going to give up. That's oh, so good. let it go. It's hard. Forget it. But if it's challenging, if it's going to help you get to your goal, if it's going to push you to be better, those are, you know, words that I like to associate with relationships more than just hard. So good. I heard you say push you to be better. I want to get into what healthy relationships look like because this thing will my sister's got the song crazy in Mm -hmm. love. Right. And then uh, I want to speak to does love kind of trigger psychosis? Can love actually trigger? Okay, so psychosis for the people who don't know what that word means. Psychosis is essentially when your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions overtake you to the point where you are disconnected from reality. And so typically when people are in love, we experience what we call, or what I like to call those feel-good hormones, right? The serotonin, the dopamine, the oxytocin, all of those things flood through our brain and flood through our body. And so it feels good. it's, It's a great feeling. And so sometimes all of that, those feel good emotions, when we are in love, those pop up and they overtake us to the point where we just don't know what to do sometimes. Like we literally don't know what to do. And so we quote unquote act crazy over this man or this woman because we are in a space where our body is doing some different and unusual things. But it really does go back to your upbringing. It goes back to your attachment it goes back to how you have received love growing up because if some if you're in relationship with someone and they want to leave you and not necessarily dump you but we are leaving your presence or I'm going from an extended amount of time away from you and you have an anxious attachment style you go act crazy you're going to be calling and texting where you at why you didn't call me why you didn't check in you with somebody else what's going on all of these with these things will pop up And this is where we get the crazy in love type of energy because of our attachment. And so if you don't know your relationship attachment style, you need to. And you need to make sure that you're trying to figure out what that looks like for you, but also move towards what we call a more secured attachment style, which is the healthiest attachment style. Okay, so what you're describing, was that anxious attachment? Yeah, that was anxious. Mm Mm-hmm. So we got anxious, secure. How many attachments are there? I typically stick to the main three. So there's an anxious attachment style, which is the nervousness, the fear of someone leaving you. Typically, women have a a very anxious attachment style. There's avoidant, which is typically men. Okay, Uh okay, okay. That's that's what it was. Anxious and avoidant and secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And that avoiding is tricky because it's like, I want, I want you to be close. I want to be attached to you, but I'm so fearful that you're going to hurt me that I push you away intentionally and unintentionally. Stay far away. Come close at the same time. Absolutely. It's like, if you're driving a stick shift, it's like your feet can't be on the gas and the clutch at the same time. So it's, it's the push pull. But can you imagine though, like if most women are anxious, right. And then most men are, are avoidant. That doesn't mesh well (laughs) at all. And I think that's a huge part of why people don't have healthy relationships because they they don't know how to manage it. They don't know how to securely say, you can be away from me and that's perfectly fine. You have your own entire life, but I don't think you're cheating. I don't I don't have to obsessively be with you or if you're avoiding, you know, I you can have your space. You can want me. I can come into your world, but space is okay too. So it's just a hard place to be in. If you've never heard of attachment styles, you don't know what yours is or your partner, it can just have you in this weird, crazy dance that can literally ruin your relationship. Yes. Kendra, what, where do you think is the most reputable place for people to find out what their attachment styles are? Because you can Google it and so much will pop up. Where can a person find their attachments out? Is it through therapy? Is it a quiz they take online? One of my favorite books, I can't remember the author at this time, but it's literally a book called Attached. And so that is the best book that I have ever read on attachment style. So I would start there for sure. 
Definitely. Okay. She like, let me add that to my reading list. There are times I've had therapists on and I'll go and now go to iBooks and I'll just purchase the book as we talk. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite books on attachment styles. I do believe that there is a quiz you can take online, similar to kind of how there is a quiz on love languages online. There should be a quiz that you can take. Wow. But definitely unpacking that in a very deep way in therapy is going to be a game changer because attachment styles isn't just for romantic relationships. It's how we handle our mama, our cousin, our friends, our co-workers. All of that is the same energy. So when you know what yours is, it applies to every area of your life. Keandra, you are helping me so much because I feel so bad because when we talk about relationships, we talk about romantic relationships so much that we forget no, we've got to have healthy relationships with family, with business, our peers, co-workers, your bosses, or if you're a boss, you got to have a great leadership style. You got to be kind. Okay, so we got to have you back for part two on healthy relationships just within your life. But I want to dive into what healthy relationships look like or, or act, what they feel like, because look like can be one. What do they feel mm. like? I love the difference between the thoughts and the feelings. So healthy relationships really comprise of a number of different things, but there are some key areas that I love to focus on. Healthy relationships for sure have reciprocity, meaning you are whatever you are dishing out, you are getting the same amount back in. Now, I understand that there are different times and seasons where, you know, things might be a little bit off kilter and it might be a 90-10, 70-30, you know, 20-80 situation depending on yes. life. But most times people understand that they have to pour into one another. And so if you find yourself giving out so much to the point where you're depleted, you have nothing else to give, you are dry, you are exhausted, and your partner isn't trying to refill Ooh. your cup, that's an indicator that you're not in a healthy relationship. And so reciprocity is a huge one. The second thing that I always okay. talk about, and we could dive into that a different time as well, but really typing into communication. Oh my gosh. All of the couples that I have worked with thus far typically have some type of breakdown in communication issues relationships who have healthy elements of them, they know how to resolve conflict. They know their partner's communication style and they know when they need to mash the gas and say, no, 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 we need to work through this right now. And they know that they need to let up at times where it's just like a, not a winning battle, you know, so to speak. So understanding that communication is a game changer and once you learn that skill set, it really changes everything. But we can talk about respect, trust, accountability, support. These are all elements of what a healthy relationship would entail. So if you're looking at your relationship or your boo and you're not seeing a lot of these elements, I can imagine that there are some things that either need to be tweaked and talked about or the relationship may not be viable anymore and you need to let it go. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are certain vocal inflections that you might do with your friends that ain't going to work well with the romantic partner. So I'm almost kind of learning that. Or I also feel like we just come with a different lorries. We come with some little seasoning you know, sometimes with the way we say things, but I'm like, no, you don't have to say it like that. Cause even the heart of what you're trying to say can get lost with how you say Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm big on tone of voice. You can say what you want to say to me, but that tone got to be right. Okay. <laughs> that tone got to be right. You come with a different type of tone. We're going to have a different type of conversation. Okay. So tell us a tone. Tell us, give us a scenario. Okay. So... Or we can we could do role play. Okay. Do you like seafood, babe? I do like seafood. I like seafood. Mm-hmm. But we always do seafood. I was thinking, can we do a uh, Italian? Because I got a taste for this red ravioli. I know you are allergic to it, but I'm gonna get some ravioli, some red ravioli. Now you know I'm allergic to that ravioli. Why would you suggest? <laughs> That we go to Italian when I just told you I want a seafood. Absolutely not. We're not going. Uh, no, no, no. But you told me that you could be around red ravioli. You just can't ingest it. And we have seafood all the time. And I was just kind of thinking that, I mean, we there's seafood at the Italian restaurant. You're trying to land me in an emergency. This is, no, absolutely not. No, ma'am. I guess seafood it is. <laughs> But even in that example, do you see how turned up I got? You see how my voice the person to the point where the person just gave up. Like you know what, seafood. Absolutely, I shot down the whole idea without even hearing the other person's perspective of even why they wanted ravioli or Italian in the first place. 
So even though I was wrong for saying I know you're allergic to it, that that, that triggered, triggered me. Like, why would you? Like, why would you want that? You know, but I came back with, but you told me you could be around it. You just can't ingest it. And that also <laughs> speaks to the fact that once someone gets revved up to a certain level, if they don't know how to bring themselves back down in the midst of conflict, this argument yeah. can go on for weeks and months and years. Right. So this is yeah. all about conflict yeah. resolution for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What does it sound like when two people know how to? have a healthy conversation. So a healthy conversation between two people consists of what I call I statements versus you statements. So I statements means you're taking accountability for what you think and feel. So someone who who knows how to effectively communicate will say, I feel, I think, I'm concerned that, you know, using those words where it's, they're they're taking that, that brunt of the ownership on. But when they start saying you, you did this. You didn't take out the trash. You always late. You, you, you. That puts the other person on the defensive. So I encourage people to use I statements. You can express you're angry, you're frustrated, you're annoyed, but make sure that you're using it from an I perspective. So just to give an example, say, for instance, your partner never takes out the trash can and you get annoyed, right? Okay. You come home and you can easily say, you never take out the trash can. You've been playing video games all day. You lazy. You ain't nothing. And it can go left. That person is me- immediately is going to be defensive. They're not going to want to take out the trash can. And, it, and it's going to be turned up, right? It's going to not resolve yep. anything. But that same person who has good communication with their partner can easily come home and say, hey, babe, I've been at work all day. I am so tired. Is it possible for you to take out the trash can before I make dinner? That's going to be received a little bit better than that first conversation that we just had, right? The person can still decline or not, but the tone is different. The energy is different. You could be like, babe, you know, the last time you took out the trash can 10 years ago, you look so sexy. No, well, what you did was something amazing, Michelle. You look so sexy when you do chores. (laughs) Well, what you're doing right now is actually not a bad technique. We call this like the sandwich effect or like the hamburger effect, right? Where you start with, you start with something positive. You give the constructive criticism of what you need in the middle. And then you end with something positive as well. So typically studies have shown that we digest information better when it's sandwiched in between two positive things. So you could say, hey, daddy, uh, you looking fine today, okay? I would like for you to take out that trash can so when you walk by, I can look at your butt. (laughs) But I also hear that that works in leadership, in business, where when you have to give somebody maybe a bad performance review, you start off with something positive. Like you have been such a great asset to this company. Then you go into, but we feel like you're still such an asset. This is what we're thinking could make the environment a little better for me and essentially for your performance. So it works in so many kinds of relationships, mm-hmm. you know, I just think the breakdown of our families probably is because of we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to communicate or some of us were even taught like you couldn't even communicate in your household growing up because it was called talking yep. back. So you don't know how to properly express that you are angry, that you are sad, that you actually do have a need. So you act out. You're 45 years old, acting like a little kid. And do you find that you have to typically almost go back to a person's childhood for everything? A good chunk of the things is going back to the childhood to kind of rectify or even to pinpoint some issues of why you are being the way that you are Mm -hmm. as an adult. It goes all the way back to childhood. And I think especially in Black culture, things are so ingrained in us that we don't even think or realize that it's a problem. You know, like talking back is not always talking back. You're just expressing your thoughts and feelings in, you know, a healthy way, so to speak, even if you're a child. But it's like children are supposed to be what seen and not heard, you know, all of these 
stigmas that are placed upon us. And so we grow up thinking that those things are okay, or we even pass those things down to our children. And now we're silencing generation after generation because we didn't have the skill set to teach them. And so typically when I'm, you know, working with people and we go back to the origin of things, it's very enlightening because they didn't even, they couldn't even connect the two. And so having a professional do that for them and say, hey, babe, this is probably the reason why you're acting the way you're acting as an adult, because your mama said or your daddy did is very enlightening to a lot of people. And that was the question about why do so many issues in our romantic relationships, some come from the relationship we had with our parents. Big time. I was watching a show called Unprisoned that's played by Mm. Kerry Washington and was written by Tracy McMillan. And so she said something so powerful that I'm still in. Okay, temporarily. She said, she said, partner and parent is only one letter off from each other. Partner and parent is only one letter off from each other. And that stuck with me because that was completely correct. And look at your face. Wait a minute. I I try not to hold my guests long, but you got to unpack that. Absolutely. So partner, the way and she's talking about literally the way it's spelled, partner and parent. So she was just basically talking about the correlation of what we just mentioned about how our partners and romantic relationships, it really stems from everything that we experienced growing up. And you may think that you've had the best childhood or that your mom was perfect or she did all that she could. And that could be true. But understanding that there is a correlation between how you were parented as a child and how that plays into your romantic relationship is so important. So that one letter off, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. But I think that the, the kicker for me was just making sure that we have the skill set now so we don't pass those negative things onto the next generation if you, do, if you do decide to have children. So knowing that the buck stops with you and that you're going to shift and change it is so important. Baby. Parent and partner is one letter off. Can you make sure you're not parenting your partner? Because if I got to be a mama. It's not going to work. We're not partners. We're not partners. We have a parent. I don't know what you would call that. If there is an actual term for that in the field of being a therapist. Well, you know, that's parent child inversion. But like, is there a parent partner inversion? <laughs> not <laughs> I that I know of. We just say, I'm not your mom, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the, look, that's the hood. Okay. That's the Thompson clinical version of what you just said. Ah, <laughs> uh, Keandra, this has been so enlightening. Y'all, we heard some things. And the amazing thing about healthy relationships, there are probably like, Thousands of red flag situations, but the simplistic things is probably a shorter list of what it takes to actually have a healthy relationship. Just communication, honesty, love, respect, creating the atmosphere in a relationship to where it is safe. I run into your arms, you know, after a long day or a difficult conversation with business or something. And so it it doesn't have to be complicated as far as what a healthy relationship can entail. If we have the basics and you gave us some of the basics, I know some of us, we we're looking for some magical, mystical, theological answer, but sometimes it literally lies in. Maybe let's start with how you communicate, how you talk to your partner. Are you talking above them like they're beneath you? You know, are you talking at them like this is my partner and we want to win? And just remembering essentially that you're on the same team. That's what I teach a lot of my couples. Just so, so basic. We are not on opposing teams. We're not against each other. Mm. It's me and you against the problem, right? We're on the same team. So just having that mindset and understanding that that's a part of it, knowing that whatever we're going through, we're going to work on it together is, yeah, it's a skill set that'll take you far. Since you said we are a team, is it okay for a person to play devil's advocate as a partner? Like if a person is coming to you with an issue they're dealing with, 
Okay, I've had this happen where a person feels like I wasn't on their side because I call I honestly called myself trying to have them see something from a different perspective, but to them it felt like I wasn't on their side. It's okay to play devil's advocate when you tell them that you're playing devil's advocate and also in a safe environment. If you're doing that in front of other people, friends, and in public, baby, (laughs) that's when it gets wrong. Wrong time. But if you're doing that at home, and I even like to, you can even preface the conversation and say, hey, I understand what you're saying right now, but can I play devil's advocate really quickly and give you a different perspective? If they say no, then we're not going there because they're not ready, okay? But if they say yes, then you can insert that into the conversation and see how they respond. So even just doing something like that little small communication trick as, you know, stating that up front is important because if you don't state that and they think you're going to, they think you're going to intentionally be trying to, you know, harm them. Well, because sometimes I I have felt like in the past, like what I'm not going to do is entertain when I know you're wrong. And like you say, we're going to protect each other in public. But at home, I should be able to be like, all right, you want to hear from my perspective? Because I don't even want to tell you you're wrong. I just want you to try to bring it to your attention. And then I want you to figure out that you were wrong. And it's not even because you want to correct them. Because like I said, we're not your mama, you're not your daddy. But I don't want you walking around here ignorant to a situation that can be harmful and detrimental to destiny. Right? Because if we are going to be partners and we're going to win, you got to be able to tell your teammate, bro, you got to stop traveling with the ball. We, we, You got to stop fouling people. You got to stop letting them go to the line and shoot out the free throws and they win, right? So that's so good, Kendra. You are just an absolute joy to be with today. I want to unpack some more that whole attachment thing because that's kind of newer, a newer conversation in the past few years narcissism, love bombing is pretty popular topics, but we haven't really talked about attachment style. So I would love for you to come back soon and we talk about those three attachment styles. Absolutely. I would love to come back and talk about attachment styles. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being open and thank you for using your platform for good. Oh, Keandra, thank you so much. You are amazing. Y'all, I want to leave y'all with some amazing advice. She says, do not rely on well-meaning, but often misguided advice of friends and family. A serious relationship problem requires expert advice. You've helped a lot of us today. Just on your expert advice on a few things. And you didn't do it in a way that makes a person feel bad. You weren't sitting in a seat of judgment when you're helping to say, no, we just got to communicate better. And I'm praying that the love of your life overtakes you, overwhelms you very, 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 very soon. I receive it. I receive everything that you just said. Absolutely. Yes. Keandra, thank you for checking in. Thank you for allowing me to be checked in. Aw, you're the best. Y'all, don't we love her? She's coming back. Okay, we gotta let her go. Okay, bye. What a joy. What a delight. I can't wait for her to come back and uh, share with us about attachment styles and how it's awesome that attachment styles, whether you have a secure attachment style, an anxious attachment style, or an avoidant attachment style, that it's not limited to your romantic partners, uh, your romantic partnerships, your romantic relationships. So I'm excited for her to come back. Did y'all enjoy today's episode or what? I cannot wait for her to come back. Thank y'all so much. Y'all know that you're loved. I'm so appreciative of every person that listens. And then you even go as far as to download the episodes. So just know that I'm thankful for you. And I'll see you. We'll talk again next week. All right. Bye-bye.
Checking In with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.